Okay, Numbers 6, 22 through 27. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. And now, 2 Corinthians 13, 11 through 14. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. And God's people, here send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is the reading of God's word. You may, all, you may all be seated. Good morning, Refuge family. Good to see those of you who are here. Good to see those of you who are out there on the video stream. Uh, We have been talking for the last several weeks as a church family about our liturgy. The the structure, if you will, the, the public organization uh, of the way that we worship God together. And during that time, we have focused on, uh, given a particular focus to several things. Uh, we started by looking at our call to worship. That's where... Uh, from up here, you are invited. Come in, whoever you are, whatever you're going through, whatever is happening in life, come, come together, come into this place, get together with God's people, get together with God, and worship Him. Last week, we took the time to focus on our time when together we confess, God, we, we have fallen short. We have not kept up to your standards. We have sinned. We have made mistakes. We have rebelled. We have forgotten to do things that you told us to do. And things you told us to do, we didn't do them. And we come to God each week as a church family and offer that confession to him. And along with that confession, we receive from God his forgiveness. And we work to remind each other from up here in the midst of that confession. And the, uh, we, we work to remind each other that God does indeed pardon us. 
In fact, he not only he not only wipes the slate clean. You know, think of the whiteboard, right? You've written, scribbled all over it. You take that eraser, assuming you haven't let it dry on there for you know six months. Uh, but you take that eraser and you wipe it clean. God does so much more than that for us in Christ because he not only wipes the board clean, but he fills us with all the good things that belong to Jesus. And so if you, if you take the whiteboard, God not only wipes it clean and says, okay, here, clean slate, <laughs> make the best you can of it. And I, I don't know about you, but I barely even make it to that back door before I marked up the board again. But God, God doesn't stop with just wiping the board clean, but he says all that good things, all the right things that Jesus did, all the perfect obedience, I put those, I write those on your heart. And so you get more than a blank slate. You get all the righteousness of Christ. So those are the, those are the two that we focused on so far. We, uh, we are choosing our focus carefully. We're leading up to beginning next week where we will start to explore together the Apostles' Creed. These are the things that we believe and kind of taking that in sections and reminding each other and looking deeply into what we believe. You know, there are many other aspects of our worship together, our liturgy, the structure of how we worship God together that we could talk about and that we're not focusing on during this time. It doesn't mean they're not important. It's just not a part of how we have uh, organized what we'll look at. Uh, we could look at the time that we spend in prayer together when we gather together. That's a part of our liturgy. We, we could look as well at the, um, the uh, Lord's Supper that we celebrate together. The communion time that we participate in weekly as we remember with the bread and with the cup, Jesus' death for us. And although we haven't focused on that in a sermon, we are trying to place an emphasis upon that. As each week, uh, typically one of the elders steps up here, and, and we're going beyond, you know, just run back there and grab one of the little plastic cups, uh, and to make more of a focus upon that time together, to slow us down a little bit, to enjoy the meal that Jesus has prepared for us. Uh, we, we have not spent in this time uh, talking about our liturgy of music. Uh, I love the use of music in God's family. Uh, now, I grew up in a family, is kind of embarrassing, but, you know, my mom liked to play the piano and sing, and if nobody, were, if my friends were around, you know, and mom would say, let's all sing, and it'd be like, mm. okay, but if my friends weren't around, <laughs> and it was just family, 
there was a family element to that of singing together. <clears throat> I liked playing my guitar for my boys when they were little uh, and letting them sit on my lap and kind of reach over and do the best they could in that music together. Music, in our context, brings in prayer, uh, brings in a focus on the communion. This is the Lord's death until he comes brings in a focus on what we believe, brings in a focus on the scriptures, a number of the songs this morning straight out of the Psalms, reminding us of what God's word says. All of this is the structure of our worship. And I, I like to think of worship as an active work of acknowledging God. When I come here on Sunday morning, I ought to expect that I will be active. If I take one more step, I'm going to... Let me just get back behind the guardrail there. When I come into this place, I should expect to be active. If I'm watching the live stream at home... I should expect to be active. Worship is an active experience. It's the active work of acknowledging God, who he is, acknowledging what God has done, acknowledging my relationship to God that he's made possible through his son. The active work of acknowledging God All that God is, all that God has done, and all about our relationship with him. And here's where we've tried to make our exploration of liturgy practical for us. I think of it like this. We start worship here together. It's corporate. It's you and me and the people on either side of you, the people behind you, and the people in front of you, the people in your living room sharing the live stream with you, the people out at various venues discussing what happens here and sharing what happens here. It starts corporately. It moves into individual life. So what, what I begin here in this place I take it out there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, living with my family, living with the people around me, the people I work with, the people I come into contact with. And then on Sunday, I bring it back here. It's for all of us, it's for each of us, and it's for all of us. And that is the movement through the week. And so today we come, in light of all of that, to focus on what is typically the last piece, the closing piece of our worship together, as we're working to acknowledge God. And that is the benediction. How many of you, if pressed, 
if we were to put a quiz paper in front of you, we're back in school, here's today's test, define the word benediction. How many would feel confident writing out a definition of that? Whoa, okay. Um, my hand's only up because I've been studying this for, you know, four weeks to get ready to share it with you. Uh, how many of you, uh, if, if we said benediction and we'll give you A, B, C, D, E, you think you might pull it off in a multiple choice? Okay, that's a little better. Um, how many of you have never heard the word benediction before? Benediction is... Um, I love the word itself, and you'd have to get to know me to understand. I love words. I love playing with words. I love figuring out how words fit together. I love studying where words come from. I love learning and reading other languages. I just have this thing about, about words. But the word benediction comes to us through two Latin words, bene, good, and dicere, to say, to speak good. Benediction is simply good words. Now, now let me ask you, uh, over this past year and a half, two years, uh, or just plain this week, how many of you could use some good words in your life? Is, is there, for you, enough negativity out there? Is there enough crisis? Is there enough disaster? Is there enough violence? Is there en- are there enough accidents? Is there enough to keep all the news channels flowing 24-7? And if there isn't, they'll make enough up. To get it there, there's a lot of talk and experience in our world that is not healthy, not positive, not uplifting, not good. And God says to us, and we say to each other, in our time of worship, we need to hear good words. Now, my job happens to be sitting with people hearing what's going on in their life. You know, by the way, pray for the counselors among us. Nobody ever comes to me and says, hey, I'd like to set up appointments to tell you how good life is. <laughs> and nobody comes to a therapist to say, everything's going well. I'd like to pay you to sit with you for an hour and tell you how good it is. All right, so by its very nature, my job sits with people who are experiencing negative things, and I hopefully get to share with them words of encouragement, words of hope, maybe a little bit of guidance, help them figure out what's going on. But at the end of the day, as trained and perhaps gifted as I may be, those words are still just the words of another human being. The benediction reminds us that there are good words from God available to us. 
the benediction brings those good words of God. And so, from the front, one of the leaders of our church will speak God's good words to you. And the benediction is a pronouncement and an announcement of God working. And at the end of our gathering together, it gets to serve as a joyful, unifying call to actively trust his promise. And so we say to you, when we use words like the scriptures we've read today, and we'll focus on more detail on those in just a little bit here. But when we use those words, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you peace. It is an announcement that God is working. It unifies us and pulls us together under God's good word to actively trust his promise as we leave here and as we return here on a regular basis. Uh, A word very closely related to benediction is blessing. And, And for all these weeks I've been here watching, and when the kids are excused, you know, one or two kids will hang around. And so I had this great hope this morning that there would be at least one, four, five, six-year-old kid in here. Okay? But I don't think the kids that are in here are kind of in that range, four, five, six. Uh, any of you parents that have a four, five, six-year-old where you at? Okay, going to ask for a volunteer to come up here and play the role of your child very briefly. Okay? Kristen, you shouldn't have sat so near the front. Oh, okay, okay, Daniel's got it. All right, you're off the hook. So you can uh, right here. Yeah, we're getting the, exactly my point. We're getting the size difference here, okay? All right. Um, and so your child, whom you are representing, is? Linnea. Okay. This is Linnea. Isn't she beautiful? <laughs> Such a cute little girl. Okay. Now, if I am... Standing up front in a place of authority, uh, I have a lot of gray in the beard and gray in the hair. I'm kind of in a grandfatherly role to her. And I say, come on up here. I have something for you. And she says, is it a cookie? (laughs) And if I stand up even bigger and I say, Don't ask me what it is. Get up here. I have something for you. Am I in trouble? (laughs) Okay, you get the point, right? 
By the way, I promise you, if it was a real kid, I was not, I was not going to intimidate them. Okay? All right. But here is how God's benediction and blessing works. Because although God has every right and authority and lordship and power over everything, here is how God brings his good words to us. He gets right down on our level. The Hebrew word for bless or blessing is the word to bend in its root, literally or, or as applied to blessing, to bend the knee. When God offers us his blessing, he bends his knee and gets down on our level. And so, I have a present for you that you can either hide from Linnea or keep to yourself uh, or perhaps share it with her if you're a good kid. This is silly putty. Her brother will eat it, so kept in it. That's why I said, you know, not a two-year-old. Uh, and, um, you know, thank you for playing along, Daniel. All right? <laughs> now, I, I went big, and I, that is genuine silly putty, but I bought it at the dollar store. Okay, just full disclosure here. Uh, God's gifts, of course, are much more valuable than that. When we think of benediction, when we think of the blessing of God, when we think of the pronouncement at the end of the service, I want us to be able to realize it's so much bigger than, thanks for coming, we're all done, you can head out now, you have our permission to leave. It is significant to have a reminder and a call to think together that the God of all gods, the king of all kings, the master of the universe bends his knee before us and says, I've got you. I have something for you. You can take it and enjoy it. You can take it and use it. You can put it to work for you out in the world. It is not a dismissal. It is a sending away with encouragement and power and hope. If we had all the time in the world this morning, I could begin to introduce you to all the benedictions, all the good words of God that are shared in the scriptures. Let me just give you a a snippet of that. The Lord will preserve you from all evil. He will preserve your soul. The Lord will watch over your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. From the Psalms. 
This one from Romans. Now the God of hope fill you up with all joy and peace in believing that you may be full of hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Another from Romans. Now may the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded toward one another. Again from the Psalms, the Lord will give strength to you, his people. From Philippians, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And on and on and on the scriptures go. And so we have in front of us this morning two of sort of the hinge, if you will, blessings, benedictions that are found in scripture. And the first one given to God's people in the, the Old Testament in the initial covenant that God made with his people in very direct terms. And God says to Moses in Numbers uh, chapter 6, God says to Moses, here, I want, I want you, Moses, my representative, to teach Aaron, who is going to become the forebearer of all the priests, to take this benediction, these good words of God, and to put them, put them before, put them on God's people. This is, God says, how you are to bless them. Um. I've been trying to pay attention, but I haven't picked up on it. Are are people using the word blessing much uh, these days? Is that still in contemporary usage? Uh, When you sneeze, God bless you. Um, Yeah, we could do a whole talk on that, but uh, that's for another time. Uh, when you sneeze, God bless you, probably originating from the belief that the sneeze expels the, the devil from your nasal passages, um, which if you've ever had a, you know, a sinus headache, you probably do believe the devil's in your nasal passages. Um, okay, other times people use blessing. Uh-huh. Okay, gets thrown around. Uh, bless you, blessings. Any other places in contemporary usage? <laughs> okay. Uh, so we can hashtag it, and therefore we can track it and find it and see where it's used. What I, what I want us to get hold of is blessing is not a frivolous idea. God says to Moses, teach Aaron and the priests of my people to bless my people in this way. doesn't mean you have to use exactly these words any more than Jesus saying, 
Here's, here's how to pray. Pray in this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's perfectly good language, but it's not meant to be limited to only those words. But in this manner, in this way, in this form, bless God's people. And so notice that God tells Moses to teach Aaron and his descendants to do it in this way. First of all, notice that it is, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. The Lord turn his face toward you. And so we really don't need to I'm not going to make a big deal of it, but we don't need to. It it maybe doesn't quite fit to use the word blessing if the Lord is not involved. I have no power to bless you. Doesn't matter if I went to seminary. Doesn't matter if I'm the one standing up here with the microphone. Doesn't matter if I'm the one, the church said, we like you, we affirm, we call you to be an elder and a leader of this church. I have no power and no authority to bless you. God taught his people to say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and so forth. Blessing originates and has the power and authority of God, not of another human being. Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace, and so they will put my name on the Israelites, and I, God says, will bless them. Okay. Now, another little test to see if we're paying attention. My wife was reminding me this morning, maybe it's, you know, as, as some of the more uh, elderly <laughs> members of Refuge, um, you know, there's not much lighting out there, kind of hard to see the Bible. Some of it, sometimes you can strategically pick a seat where you can see it, right? Uh, but a- as we sit and we ponder the blessing of God, let me see if you're following with me and not falling asleep out there. How many times does it say, the Lord in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24, our blessing, 24 to 27. Three times. Is that just uh, God having Moses write this? He kind of got stuck. He ran out of vocab, and so he just using words over and over to meet the teacher's requirement of 200 words. I think it's significant in God's design. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And when Paul turns around to use this same blessing, 
with variation, because it's not just about repeating it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul breaks it down into being more explicit. So instead of the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, Paul says, Jesus Christ, the Son, God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. We have a glimpse of understanding God as being one God and yet and unified and singular, not many gods, but represented or showing himself living with us in three persons. Moses says, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the God who's related to you, the God who makes covenants with you, promises, keeps those promises, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Paul unpacks that to say the Lord, the Son and the Father and the Holy Spirit. As we begin next week to explore the Apostles' Creed, notice how that statement, as we join together as a group of people, acknowledging these things we believe, I believe in, do, we, you've heard the Apostles' Creed, right? Like uh, half an hour ago. Let's try this again. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Right? We start with God the Father, we make our way through, right? And in Jesus Christ, his, oh, you're, you're not giving me a lot of confidence here. It's a good thing, then, that the elders have sought the Lord and decided to teach through. <laughs> i just give you a hard time. Uh, don't, don't take me too seriously unless I'm talking about the scripture, okay? Right? <laughs> I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. And it breaks that down. And I believe in the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Now I'm feeling a little better. Uh, in the Holy Spirit. God the Father Almighty. Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. The Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Now here's what I particularly enjoy benefit from in this blessing given to Moses to pass on to Aaron, to pass on to his descendants who are the priests of God's people just listen to the words, the Lord bless you. We spoke of that already. May the Lord take a knee and get down on your level and give you gifts. May the Lord bless you and keep you, watch over you, protect you, preserve you. Okay. And then, uh, this is poetry, by the way, and so there's metaphor here. Um, the Lord make his face 
shine on you. What do you make of that? When was the last time you said, oh, yeah, I met Bob and his face was shining upon me? What would it mean to have the Lord shine his face on you? Be in favor? Absolutely. Not wearing a mask, okay. Now, lest we go down a trail that we can't get back from, uh, there, right, there's nothing between. Yeah, this would be the poetic way in the Hebrew language of the ancient Near East of saying smile. When somebody smiles like it's a smile, it's not just the, you know, but it reaches their eyes, the whole face lights up. To have someone's face shine on you is to have them smile deeply and meaningfully at you. The smile of God upon you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Just as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, and now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be upon you. Moses teaches God's people to expect that the smile of God and he would be on them and that he would be gracious to, you, to them. How about verse 26? The Lord lift up his face to you. Can't you smile again? Already used that. This statement must expand it in some nuanced way. What Again, we don't go around saying, yeah, you know, uh, Kristen was there, and she lifted up her face upon me. What? I mean, I suppose because I'm standing three feet higher than she is, she has to do this. But what does it mean for God to lift up his face upon us? Well, it has to do in the ancient Near East and in the Hebrew language with making eye contact. Being eye to eye. It's one thing to smile. That's great. To smile while making eye contact that is real and looks in to our very soul. Uh, How many people here uh, are... are, uh, Dating or engaged? Nobody at this point. <laughs> He's still courting back there. <laughs> okay, good, good man, good man. Uh, how many are married? Hmm. How many have been married more than five years? Okay. How many of you still sit for? significant periods of time and just look into your wife's eyes or your husband's eyes. How many? Okay. Yeah. Okay. God loves 
when we can sit with him and when he can look into our eyes. By the way, want to enhance your marriage? Say, okay, we're going to set a timer and we're going to gaze into each other's eyes for five minutes and see who crawls out of their skin fastest. <laughs> you should see it when I do it in a counseling room with couples counseling. Okay, we're not used to it. We need to get used to it again. It can be uncomfortable and it can be wonderful. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of of the Holy Spirit, there's that eye to eye, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. So what are you gonna do with this? We'll sing our last song, we'll participate in the Lord's Supper together, and we'll hear today's words of releasing us with the good words, the blessing of God, what are you gonna do with it? May I suggest that you take these good words of God, borrow the ones from these two scriptures, take them from other places. May I suggest that you take those and daily uh, pray them for your loved ones, your friends your family, people close to you. Imagine what it would be to sit down and say, Lord, uh, there's my son John. John is in Colorado Springs. Lord, will you bless him and keep him? Lord, will you shine your face upon John and be gracious to him? Lord, will you lift up your face to John? And give him your shalom, well-being, peace. Pray it. Think it. Focus on it toward the people you love. It is appropriate, and we won't dig into it this morning, but uh, just as an example, Psalm 67 lets us know that it is appropriate to look to God and say, God, for me. Would you let your grace be on me? Would you shine your face on me? So pray it for others. Pray it for yourself. Third thing you can do with it. This is the tough one. Take it out of here and pray it upon your enemies. Jesus said very explicitly... And if you need to look, it's in Luke chapter 6, starting at verse 28. But Jesus says in no uncertain terms, if people curse you, you should bless them. You should do a benediction for them. Okay, now, I don't think if someone's holding you up at gunpoint, you should say, "Uh, hold on a second. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be great. That's not... 
the idea. But the one who is your enemy, the one who turns against you, you ought to be in the regular habit of speaking good words of God in your prayers, speaking good words of God when you talk about them to one another, and speaking good words of God if the opportunity is there to them, okay? For them, about them, and to them. We could have spent the whole message on that. Jesus called to us to love our enemies and bless those who curse us. God, we will need your power and your strength to use these gifts that you have given us. Uh, We get gifts and sometimes we use them inappropriately. We take the silly putty and we put it in our mouths. May we use your gifts in the way that you intended. Help us to learn and to have the energy and the motivation to bless the people we love, to open up our hands and receive your blessing to us, and to turn those good words out upon others around us, even those with whom we are at odds, those who hate us. We ask for this strength in Jesus' name because of all the work he did, and we ask it because your Holy Spirit gives us power and can't be stopped. Amen. Let it be so.